0: ladies g'day gentlemen how's it going mates how you doing out there tonight uh today this afternoon whenever you're listening to this lovely guitar wank podcast we are at episode number 76 and we are just bringing you the entertainment (laughs) Uh, it's hard to do that with a straight face but wherever you are in the world we hope you are safe and sound and um yeah i hope you're doing all right uh thank you for tuning in we really appreciate it finally we get the boys back in town bruce and scott back we had a session just last night and uh it was it was really great catching up with the guys it's been a few weeks because obviously scott's been on the road bruce has been traveling and i've been doing whatever i'm doing but um yeah it was it was really cool catching up with the guys a lot of fun and i hope you guys enjoy this podcast Uh, we want to say a big thanks to our sponsors, Mr. Deiderio, Jimmy Dumlop, um, Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. I got to say a big thanks to those guys. Actually, uh, Dave and Larry stopped by the Wireworld. If you don't know Wireworld, they're in Florida and Dave and Larry, uh, great blokes, super, informative about wires and cables and all that kind of stuff and as uh, musicians we all kind of forget about that you know you just you're always worried about the amp the guitar the pedals but you kind of forget about the cables sometimes and the guys come over and you know they've given me a bunch of their cables to try out and use and I love them I, I seriously love their cables I use them and Yeah, they're awesome. I definitely noticed a massive difference in my tone and um, frequencies that were coming in and out, and especially at gigs. Uh, I remember the first time I used a wire World cable. I had more normal cable. I was getting all this interference from the room we were playing, and then uh, I went over to my gig bag, and I was getting uh, something out of my bag, and I remembered, oh, shit, I got this new wire World cable to try out Plugged it in, and I was blown away with I was getting no interference. I wasn't getting all this extra noise through my gear. So I, then I was like, "Oh, guys, you got to tell me more. What's going on? What's happening?" And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, so I became a massive fan of Wild World Pro Audio cables, and then um, I talked to Larry and David. And learnt more about their company, and just love what they were doing. And, you know, and there's plenty of choices out there f- for us uh, musicians. You know, you've got other companies that do cables and great cables as well. But um, I really liked Wire World Cables because they were a smaller company, more of a boutique company, making great products, and they were really listening to what I had to say as a musician and i was hearing a massive difference anyway long story short they came over to catch up and we were talking and they were talking about ethernet cable you know your 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 internet cable that goes from your modem to um your maybe your wireless modem or whatever or straight to your computer in my in the studio i have the modem um from the cable box into my mac pro you know, I have a standard Ethernet cable that I got from Fry's or some electronics store. You know, standard cable. And I thought that was cool. And the guys were telling me that, like, oh, you, we make these Ethernet cables now. You should check it out. And I'm like, Ethernet cable? Yeah, big deal. What? What's all that about? And they stood here. and They were like, hey, let, let us go get one. We've got one in the car. We're going to give you this Ethernet cable to check it out. You, you're going to blow... It's going to blow your mind. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay. You know, so I'm humoring the guys. I'm like, yeah, okay. So uh, I plug their Ethernet cable in. They give me this cable. It's thick. It looks, yeah, it looks impressive. It's all way different to a normal Ethernet cable. I plug it in and they were like, all right, now stream something. Stream something on Spotify or anything you listen to normally. And, you know, I use Spotify. So I pulled up a track. And of course, we put up a track before I plugged the cable in. I'm like, "Yeah, that's how it sounds." Plug the Ethernet cable in, and then listen to it again. I was—I nearly fell over. It was ridiculous. And you would have to do this example yourself to believe it, because of course you just go, "Ah, oh, Troy, they're sponsoring the show, and you fucking—you're just doing your promo shit." I was blown away. I was. Flawed. how much information I was missing from that audio file and I don't know about you guys I'm sure a lot of you guys out there have studios and maybe you mix or you um, you pull up something on Spotify and hear their mix and compare it to your mix or, or you just listen to music and you want to hear good quality music It was night and day. It sounded like someone lifted a blanket off my speakers. It was that impressive, and I'll put I'll put five hundred bucks down on anyone who begs to differ. This with the example, get the cable and do the example. I guarantee it. Five hundred bucks. I bet you five hundred bucks because it was that good, and um, I couldn't believe it. So anyway check out their stuff They make incredible cables uh guitar cables mic cables and ethernet cables and they just come out with a um a a canon snake a snake for studios so um i'm definitely going to try that stuff out but their stuff is incredible and i can't believe how much a cable makes a difference to your tone and it's something you forget about you know you I can spend all the money on pedals and gear and, and amps and guitars and you think you got it all nailed and sometimes you forget about the cable, you just grab a cable or whatever's laying around. well, the, their cables, the wirewall cables, there's actually a direction on on the jacks. like you it tells you what direction the signal flow should go through. So it makes a huge difference. It's kind of it's another piece of the puzzle to get that tone that we're all looking for that we want. So anyway, um, I thought I'd share that story, but I was seriously blown away. I'm not pissing in your pocket um, because I just wouldn't tell you about it if it wasn't that good, but it was really amazing. So anyway, I have this really thick Ethernet cable going from my modem to uh, my Mac Pro and apparently it just has to be the last part of the chain. It doesn't have to be the whole you know the whole length it just has to be the last part of the chain of your ether, of your internet and it will make a massive difference and if you think about it all this stuff that's streaming it's coming in bits you know you're gathering the information and sometimes you're not getting all the information so maybe you're not getting all that audio file so you're only getting so much of that music you're not getting the full spectrum anyway i was getting the full spectrum and it was a massive difference so anyways that's my plug for wireworld check this stuff out and then I hear Bruce Foreman saying, yeah, well, fucking, why don't you just practice? Yeah, well, yeah, I need to do that too. So anyway, you guys get it. You know where I'm coming from. Anyway, we had a great session last night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, we have Dweezel Zappa coming by. We're doing another guitar wank session because uh, Bruce and Scott are going to be, they're disappearing July. So they're going to be out in the road. So we're trying to get as many shows in the bank as possible. Uh, So, yeah, we have the amazing Dweezil Zapper. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, You guys all know Dweezil and we all know Zapper. So, check that out. Big thanks to all the people that have been donating. All three of you that have donated recently. (laughs) Thank you so much. It does help a lot. It helps so much. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Hang in those people that are waiting for T-shirts and mugs. It's coming. It's just been a little hectic, this end, and hence why this guitar wank is a little uh, late again. Next week will be different. All right. uh, Thank you again for all the support. McCubbin, shut up, and we'll get on with it. Let's go again. Mr. Bruce Foreman, Scotty Henderson, what have we got in store for the listeners this week?
1: No, the, the guy from
2: Guitar Player so, so um, um, <laughs> he, he emailed me and then I emailed my apology and I said I hope I'm not the guy that called you Mark but if I did I'm sorry I'm yeah. an idiot well, and, About um,
1: what did they want to do a story on us? No, or he just up?
2: he just was tr- trying to explain that thing that I was asking about. Why are there no bad reviews of gear and guitar I magazines? I thought that was pretty cool. And he kind of explained it, and yeah. I I I get it. You know, yeah. they just would rather not say anything if they're going to say something bad. So right. that's they're basically cool. doing. What I get do. it. Yeah, and well, I don't. No, do. I don't have a problem with that. I just thought they were. Uh, being advertised, yeah, and he, it was just a
1: different kind of advertising. They yeah. get money, so they get a review. Yeah, and that's true.
2: Yeah, it probably is. And uh, but he just wanted to say that you know that that they do get bad gear and that they send it back if they don't have anything nice to say about right. it, and they say try again another time. That makes sense. We'll review. And I said that's good. It's just a nice way of saying like we don't want to say Frank Gabali sucks ass. Yeah, but <laughs> at the same you know? time, you know, a lot of the shit that's
1: on there, you think is lame. Well I do, and but you know, that, that nice.
2: doesn't mean that somebody it might not be somebody good you know, good for somebody else, right. you know. So it's also subjective. But whatever. Guys, welcome. Whoa. Are we
0: I feel here? like are it's, we actually
2: started We're just
0: jumping in. I can't believe huh. it's been how long has it been? I don't even know who you guys are anymore. Yeah, it's you like we're starting from familiar. scratch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: starting from scratch. Oh good. That's I had my spies out in Sweden checking out Scott on the road. You ran into Ulf. I saw your friend. Yeah,
1: Ulf, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to
2: live together. Really? Not yeah. like that, but just oh, not like
1: that. <laughs> well, it is. It is that weekend for
2: them. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. You come out to this weekend. Yeah. It's yeah. A great time. He's a good guy. He's funny. He's a great yeah. guy.
0: Great guy. Great player. So, yeah. And uh, he just raved about your performance and just loved the show. Yeah. He said everything. He said that room is really amazing. Room. It, it is a good
2: room. I like yeah. that place. Where was that in Sweden? It's, uh, it's called Fashion. Okay. And I've played there like so many times. Yeah. It was. It was. It's a great club. Really wonderful place to play.
0: They, they, so but you fun. know what he did tell me? You didn't say anything about guitar wink. Uh,
2: you know, I, I <laughs> actually sometimes I did, sometimes I right. didn't. But um, he wore a guitar Wank t-shirt. Boy, does that place have good food? Yeah, like, just killer. Yeah, that's They awesome. just made us such Swedish a great, great dinner <laughs> after the show. They, their food is just awesome, gourmet. Well, that's a nice club to play. It's one of my favorite clubs in Europe. That's, that's we awesome. also got to play up in um, Goatborg in at Nefertiti, where Ulf Vulcanius lives. And, and Olf um, didn't come, but Eric did. You yeah, know his son. son. Yeah, Olf yeah, was on the road, but 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 Eric came. This is another. One. It was nice to see Eric.
0: And I heard the players you had were pretty badass too. You had hmm? some great players that were playing with you.
2: Yeah, those guys are good. Yep. You know, we're, we're yeah, they're really good. Was they're it good the same players. guys? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they're from Paris. Yeah um they're french um, yeah Romain LeBay is the bass player and archibald ligonier is the drummer and they're both really good players yeah yeah cool yeah
0: awesome and so you had a fun fun good tour
2: well <laughs> <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about something else all right let's
1: <laughs> bruce how you been i've been busier than a one-legged man mm. in an ass-kicking contest mm. <laughs> Cool. I mean, it's been great. Uh, I did the Hollywood Fringe Festival, did three shows of the Red Guitar over the last couple of weeks, Right. did a couple record dates.
0: tell the people what the Fringe Festival is? The Fringe
1: Festival is like a theater festival that happens in, here in Hollywood, it happens in D.C., it happens in New York, I think. I know it happens in Edinburgh.
0: That's where it originated, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: and it's just Fringe Theater, and I met the guy, actually here we did a show, I met the guy, and he invited me to do it, and so I did a few shows, three shows with them. Yep. It was pretty interesting, and uh, what else did I do? I, well, I did a show of the Red Guitar up in Carmel. I've been doing a bunch of Junkyard Duo stuff. We recorded Junkyard Duo. That's going to be coming out soon. Awesome.
0: And people don't know what Junkyard Duo is... Okay,
1: well, the Junkyard Duo is scavenging music from the edge of sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: we uh, basically I, I, pl- I play a resonator guitar. Yeah, and then the drummer plays basically stuff that you'd get in a junkyard. You know, his suitcase is kind of the bass drum, and he plays pots and pans and shakers and chains and bells. He has a snare drum and yep. some crappy old cymbals and just stuff you would find in a junkyard. And we just take that and make and. Improvisational experience out of it, pulling from music from all over the world, letting the sound sort of just take us where to go.
0: And no bass player.
1: No bass player. Actually, I think that band started because the bass player Couldn't either canceled it. or had another gig, you know, and didn't show like they always do.
0: So you basically you're doing a White Stripes.
1: We'll explain. we <laughs> we <we're> doing <laughs> the cocaine? White Stripes.
0: They're a rock band, and they oh. they got famous just drums and guitar.
1: Oh, okay. So I guess we are. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, but you're doing it more organically. So, I love we, it.
1: Yeah, and it's a g- real acoustic experience. And I, I, I just, I just got it. I played that just now. I just got here from right. There. It is a lot of fun.
3: Did
0: um, you're going to re- release this recording? It's going to be yes, an album. This,
1: this, this, yes, it'll be a a, a, a commercially released uh, mistake. Yes.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, that's yeah, really I'm really excited to see about
1: those. it. Real excited, and, and a drummer <clears throat> named. Jay Bellarose also, like Jake, Ray, Jake Reed does, is in the band, yep. I mean, but he also has other gigs, so I get this other drummer named Jay Bellarose, who's also very versed in that world, he plays all those t and Burnett records now, and everything. Jay
0: is, he's pretty f- famous drummer, right?
1: I mean, I guess, I mean, most people don't know who he is, but in certain circles he's very famous.
0: Now he played on the Robert Plant?
1: Yeah, yeah, he did those records. The Robert he Plant with and
0: Alison Krauss. T- Pretty
1: much anything produced by T-Bone Burnett, Jay Rose wow. is on,
0: That's a, along
1: with other a million other
0: things. They're some of my favorite albums. I mean, yeah, the guy is just amazing. all about
1: groove and sound, and he yep. plays all these whacked out instruments, and and he's super, super sonically in tune, like he'll listen to a singer, and if she sings at a certain pitch frequency, he'll set his drum set around that, you know. He's really super sensitive and not a really typical chops jazz style drummer, right. kind of more the other side. Groove and sound.
0: Yeah, well it comes across on that. And and awesome yeah, and, and he's on this record
1: too, stuff. so I had both drummers kind of.
0: Ah, cool.
1: And there's actually some things where both of them are playing with
0: me. Yep. Fantastic. Well, you bastards have been busy.
1: Yeah, I told you I had yeah. been. You didn't yeah. believe it. No. <laughs> You know, he figured I was busy for a jazz musician. I mean, I had a gig this month. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scott, how many shows did you do in just Europe? Uh,
2: Yeah, no, Russia.
0: Oh, you did Russia? Mm-hmm. How is that? Isn't Russia
2: Europe? <laughs> how is Russia Part, part of no, Russia's no, no, Europe. I really have no idea if Russia is part of Europe. Yes, part of <laughs>
1: Russia is Europe and part of Russia is Asia.
2: Mm-hmm. So, well, Eastern Europe, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. did you... um? You you obviously did Moscow
2: and Saint Petersburg. Moscow, not Saint Petersburg. There's uh, right. Krasnodar and and um, another city that I really can't pronounce. I never could pronounce it right, so I didn't pronounce it on right. the mic. I kept off the mic. Did you stay in?
0: Did you stay in Moscow much?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Moscow's fun. You know, yeah. it's a great place to hang. You know, I did a clinic there, and uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah just hard because we did 24 flights in like 25 days wow so it wasn't really that much fun honestly right it was just pushing it was really working hard yeah you don't even feel like a musician you feel like an airline employee
0: (laughs) yeah right
2: yeah and then 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 I thought I thought you know for a minute well maybe my maybe this is just the end of my career and they're just treating me like shit because I'm not really (laughs) worth anything anymore but then I went on Schofield's site and I was like wow he had like Twenty-three or twenty-four nights in a row. No nights off, and not one city drivable from to the next. Wow! Flying every day and playing every day. <coughs>
1: now is that just the, like, they're just pushing it? Just I guess that's just because of the economic co- sure. You don't have that freedom
0: up. of having a couple of days. Well, here, I think a it's a promoter's
2: in. market. Right. The promoter says, "Yeah, I want you guys on Thursday. Take it or leave it." Oh, wow. And and the agent says, yeah, but we're clear across on the other side of Europe. And it's like, tough fucking luck. That's what planes are for. (laughs) Take a plane. You know, but I I can remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember back in the day when Tribal Tech was touring, our agent wouldn't even consider uh, doing a flight on a gig day. Yeah, It was just...
0: Not done.
2: Not done. No. Now they don't even think twice about it. They they not they even do connecting flights <laughs> on gig days because you can hardly fly anywhere without a connection.
0: And you didn't you have know. any flight problems?
2: We have tons of flight problems. Right. You didn't miss gigs. But you didn't miss gigs. Yeah, we missed gigs. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we missed gigs. That's the we are, right We're now. on an airline. We were part of an airline strike. Uh, planes got canceled. We missed gigs. We had lost luggage. We had... Was it Air France? Uh, just about every fucking thing that you can imagine that could go wrong, went wrong. Went wrong, yeah. Yeah. Air, the, 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 the money sucked because the agent is giving all the money to the airlines. He's taking our money and giving it to the airlines. So, you know, he's probably spent over $9,000 in airline tickets. Yeah. That should have been in our pockets. Yeah, right. You know, so, so yeah, I'm not in a good mood about music right now. I'm, I'd rather not talk about <laughs> something else, honestly. <laughs> Were you selling CDs? Much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. as much as you can, yeah. Yeah, but, you know. I think I played good in Stockholm. I played good in Moscow and the rest of it. Ooh, right. I'd rather forget about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did, did you, uh, in in Moscow, was there a lot of
2: talk about America and Trump and all that? Sometimes I said stuff about Trump on the mic and it made everybody laugh. You know, and and, 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 and yeah, because... You know, I did. I actually, sometimes I open the concerts with a blurb about Trump. that, that just, just let To <laughs> know that I didn't vote for that fucking asshole. And I would say that. I did not vote for that fucking piece of shit, just right. so you know. And everybody would laugh. And yeah. that kind of got the concert off to a good start, even though it didn't usually end well. But <laughs> started off well. Oh, man, that's fantastic.
0: I love it. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Wow! All right, were you guys busy? That's that's fantastic. All is yeah. good in the hood.
1: Yeah, all good, man. Yeah. did did a bunch of different stuff. We I had. Mean, I um, haven't had a day off in like a month and a half that's without a gig.
0: That's that's nuts.
1: I know it's kind of so hard for to musicians
0: believe. complaining that they haven't got gigs. Right. You're playing every day.
1: I'm not complaining that I have gigs. I'm, no. not, I'm not doing that. I am a, you know, it does it does beat you up a little bit, but it's <coughs> everything I do is pretty creative and fun. I mean, um, I haven't been on too many planes in the last month and a half. Most of my stuff is driving. And, You're right. But there was, you know, back in the day when I used to do Europe, when I was first doing there was this this booker named Wimwick, Wimwick, you know. Right. Wimwick, if we pronounce it. He was Dutch, I'm pretty sure. And he was famous for, like, routing you all over, I mean, all night drives, fly, three flights a day, you know, I mean, his, uh, if you had one of his tours, you knew that, you know, there'd be two days without seeing a hotel because you had to just get to the airport and fly and then drive all night. And then, you know, that, that was happening back then. He, you know, he was a pretty industrious it, booker. It does
0: get to a point sometimes when you're on the road and you're doing those many that many gigs and it's one you you have that deja vu on stage where you're like where the fuck am i and what song am i doing i don't
2: think anybody plays well i know i don't right you know i just i just look at the whole thing as a wash like when i get up on stage and i feel like that i don't even think i I i know i'm not gonna play well and i don't even fucking care i don't even try right because so you it's just you take that pressure like, off yourself. It's just, fuck it. It's just a fucking, it's a losing situation. Because well, you, you're so fucking tired, you don't even know your name. Yeah. And you try to get up there and you, you think you're going to try to, you're, you're going to actually remember any of this music. You're not. Because you well, was your sleep. Especially you when know? especially so when you're catching
0: like, flights, different countries, yeah. traveling, dealing with relationships. Every
2: flight, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You have to wake up at five to get the flight. And then, by the time you get there, sometimes you have to drive to the place where you're getting to. You don't get to sleep. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, there, there's so many gigs where you, you, you really are almost high from exhaustion. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're, you're actually supposed to play? Like, no way. <laughs> You yeah. know, it's just like I, I I usually get to a place and, and I'm at at the time where I actually go on stage is the time where I feel like I should be going to my room to get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, who's going to play good on a gig?
0: Well, game? it's interesting with you guys because you guys are, I mean, you guys are both top top of your game, but in such doing it so different. Like you're doing it the way you do it and then Bruce does it the way, well, and it's both different spectrums I of the field. I don't always do it
2: that way. No, because, I know that. Because, but as because in the you're next doing tour, this coming tour that's coming up like I'm leaving in two weeks to go yep. do the same exact thing again, another 25 days on the road. Whoa. Whereabouts? In Europe. Oh, It's okay. back-to-back tours. Yep. So on this gig, it's all in the van with really short drives and only two flights, one to London, one to Scotland Back to Europe and back to mainland Europe and then yep. I'm done. With oh man. Awesome. It's gonna be like a vacation <laughs> compared to yep. compared to that. Oh, that'll be so much better. So so and and that's what makes me wonder like, you know, what makes one tour just like a nightmare and another tour like a vacation? And I realize it's just a crapshoot. Yeah. You get what you get. You know, like th- this tour happens to be a lot of festivals, a lot of gigs in very close proximity to each other, you know, throughout Italy and Austria or what, wherever, yep. and it's just luck, you know, yeah. and then an easy flight to England and an easy flight to Scotland, super, super easy, Yeah. and I remember I had a tour with Travis and Alan a little while ago down to Central America for like two weeks, and it was the same, like a total vacation, flying on a day off and then doing a gig. Lying on a day off right. and then doing a gig, it was like, Shh, "Where's, where's the pina coladas?" Yeah, it was yeah. so easy,
3: yeah.
2: you know. So you never know. I mean, it's not always the nightmare that I just went through. No,
0: <laughs> no, it's always different. It's, but as in, like the way you guys do your music, you know, you 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 write material and go out and and do it. Where Bruce, you write material as well, and go yeah, and do but I,
1: I, you generally don't don't have as as arranged specific stuff as Scott. Yeah, like and you, and, and actually, you know, the more tired we get, the more I just don't do that because right. that's where that's where your fatigue shows. Yeah, yep. so I'll I'll just play more tunes and we'll leave in the improvisation you know i found that in my most tired moments like almost brain dead i've played some of my newest you know cool i've made really great discoveries and of course i've also stunk up the room right and and i found in a wonderfully rested moment i've also stunk up the room and played some of my most brilliant shit so not brilliant i never played brilliant shit but my most interesting stuff that i that i built a lot of cool things on and uh You know, I mean, yeah, you just kind of go for it. But I do know that when I get into a place, when the band gets into a place where we're particularly fatigued, I generally try not to do too much heavily arranged, difficult, specific stuff and like to leave it more open for everybody to just kind of jam or find, find, you know, stuff that's really deeply embedded in your playing so Mm. it's just natural to yeah
2: that's the that and that is different because i found the same thing that when you're sometimes when i've been the most tired the solos are the easy part right but but when you really have to remember like a lot of hard stuff that's new that's hard man yeah you just don't gotta be alert for that. personally
1: i just don't do it i just i just say okay and i don't have a choice as a leader I just say we're going to do this instead. Yeah.
2: yeah. I have a cho—I don't have a choice because I want to. I I want to play this m- new music as much as I can because the more I play it, even if we don't play it well, every time we play it, something happens that may be a keeper for the album. Right. You know, like a new idea comes out and goes. Okay, remember what you just did because that, that cool. I want that on the record. Yeah. You know, whether it's me or one did of the you, other. Did you Did you
0: walk away from these shows going? All right, there was some tunes that were really working. They're progressing, and then some stuff is like, "Oh man, that's." Still no, strange. no, they
2: all are working. Yep, they're, okay. they're, they're all working, but there's. I would still say they're in their baby stage. Right. You know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna really be ready to record until after two or three tours. Yeah. Then, then it's gonna be time to record. Yeah. But but this was the first tour playing some really difficult music, and and it's just it all still seems really new, and everybody's so conscious about just playing the right notes including Mm -hmm. myself that it isn't bending and stretching yet right you know and it will yeah but we have to know the shit really well for it to get to the next level and we and i feel like now okay now we know it well so the next tour it's time to let's see what's going to happen since we know the stuff now and we can play it blindfolded the next tour will be more like, okay, let's see what happens on these tunes and where they're going to take us. Because there's lots of open sections and lots of places where things can happen. And sometimes things did, but it was just that I'm just, all I'm saying is that they're still in the very early were you, were you?
0: guys? Of, did you guys rehearse before this or was it just kind of a rehearsal? No, no we didn't
2: really get to rehearse. We <laughs> had to rehearse at the first sound check. These, these tunes, four tunes that I just wrote. Yeah. And you heard some of them; they're kind of hard. Yeah. And yeah. we didn't have a chance to have a band rehearsal day to rehearse. We just met at the first sound check and rehearsed at the first sound check. And we played every we played all four tunes the first night. Yeah. With oh, like cool. maybe rehearsing each one for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Because luckily my guys did their homework and they they learned the tunes, but still doesn't mean that. Yeah. You know that, yeah. that everything's going to be discombobulated, which of course it was. Yeah. And, and for me, like, everybody knows this, that, that just because you can play some in your bedroom hardly means that you can play it on stage. Because once the pressure's on, you're going to play the worst. It's yeah, so yeah, crazy. Yeah.
0: How many times? I, I don't know if you... Go, and I'm sure it's different for you guys now, because you guys are at, at, at such a high level in this playing... But that's when what you guys were well, that's true. what you got us fooled at <laughs> thinking. But when you guys were, were coming up through the ranks, younger players, and when you were doing, when like did you? Because I heard a guitarist, Nuno Bettencourt, he had a, a a thing where he would play it a hundred times. That was his his thing, his limit, and then he felt like he really had it under his fingers. Did you have a certain thing that you would approach a new tune or a new technique was like to perform it live? Or that's that it. You play
2: it a million times. A million times. That's you know what? Was. I read this thing where it says uh, an average musician plays something until he doesn't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. A professional musician plays something until he can't make a mistake. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. you got to play it so many fucking times that there's no way you can fuck it up. Yeah. Even if you try. It's just like it's embedded in your hands. It's just on, it's on autopilot. autopilot. You can close your eyes and think about... Than anything else, baseball, yep. and it still comes out still right comes out. because you played it so many, so many times. times.
1: Bruce, do you have a, a opinion on that or? Oh, it's definitely you know. Wow, yeah, I mean that's for sure. You just the more you do it, the better you get at it, and you just you get it. But again, I mean everything I do is improvisational, so it's like I don't. I mean, there's certain arrangements and stuff and that I play, but most of what I play, I make up. Yeah. So. I'm like trying to build the flexibility into my playing that anything I hear will come out. Right. And uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff when I have an arrangement that I like to play. I work it out, but chances are, I work it out and then I play it somewhere else on the neck. You know, play it in a different octave when, the next when, day. When, you were, star- <laughs> yeah, it's when like you were starting, I just hear I hear it somewhere else, and so I. You know, and, and I make a lot of mistakes because I'm always challenging myself because I'm always hearing but new things. But when you were
0: starting out in your younger days, did like learning new tunes that you may hadn't played before, did you have a process that was. I just, I
1: just did them a lot. Just you know, I just lot, play yeah. a lot. Yeah. Just well, did them a lot.
2: The thing too about having an arrangement is just because you've learned an arrangement doesn't mean you're going to play it exactly that same way every time. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I, it's impossible for me to. Hmm. Even things that are highly arranged, I always change the rhythms. Right, And if you change the rhythms, you sometimes upset what's coming next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's how you make mistakes. Because you're, you're, you're concentrating on, okay, I'm hearing it this way tonight... But uh-oh, here comes the next thing. And I'm so concentrated on improvising on this that the next thing gets screwed over that, that's coming up because right. because that thing wasn't expecting me to do something different. Yeah. yeah. But I can't help but doing something different because I'm an improviser. And everybody that plays improvised music, no matter how arranged something is, it's never the same way twice. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm saying that these tunes are in their baby stage because... You, you right now it's like I'm just sort of like playing them the way I wrote them.
1: Yeah, now he can't even play them the same thing once.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I notice is that is that you know you play them in your room a million times, and as soon as you get on stage, it's such a completely different vibe because your right. sound is different. You're, the atmosphere is different. control. Is people are the, watching you, know, you. People are watching, and it's yeah. So guitar so,
1: players are hoping you'll make a mistake, which <laughs> when they always get their wish. Yeah. You know, so so,
2: you know, it's 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 definitely a, a more of a high pressure situation, and, and and a lot of times I do feel like that classical guy in an orchestra, yeah, where yeah. you just you don't want to fuck up because even if the people don't know it because they've never heard the tune before, you know it. Yeah. And 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 you just don't want to give yourself the bad vibe that oh shit, I really screwed this up. Right. I know. And I have to say that I
1: at the dude, same time you have a responsibility, I mean if you really buy into the philosophy of jazz you know, I mean as put forth by the greats of Thelonious Monk and Louis Armstrong and Charlie Parker and Wayne Shorter, in Dizzy Gillespie, John Coltrane, you have to go for what you hear, which is exposing yourself to potential fuck ups because yeah. your responsibility is not to play something but to play what belongs right now, to take chances, to move the music, to be in the moment. And that's your responsibility as a jazz musician. And and that's what's so weird about training yourself to be that. Mm. It's you know what I mean? It's because you're not training yourself just to play this one thing right. That's not what it is. You're training yourself to be able to play anything at any time the way you hear it. Yeah. And and naturally your ears and your conception are way above your technique, no matter who you are. You know, mm-hmm. if you ask Train or Wayne or Monk or Bird or any of those guys, they would tell you that, you know, no, nah, that's not kind of what I was really hearing, but that's what I got in right. that moment. And, and you know, but again, also, it's a responsibility to make the most out of that mishap. Hmm. Whether it's salvage it, whether it's turn it into, you know, remember it, play it again, so you can really hear the effect of what it was. Because when you play that first fuck up, you were hearing something else. So you don't really hear. You know, like a lot of people say, well, Miles says, play it twice because then people will think you meant it, you know, which I think is possible that he said that. But I really believe if he said it, he was joking. You know, I really think the thing about playing it twice is the first time you play it, it kind of jars you because you were hearing something else and you accidentally played this other thing hmm. and you didn't really hear it because it was kind of. You know what I mean? It was fighting what you were hearing, yeah. And so you play it another time just to hear what the effect of that thing was, because it might have been even better than you what you were hearing, or, or it could be opening the door to a whole new concept of approaching things. Yeah. So, and that's like the magic of improvisation and the magic of being alive. It's also one of the things that that does limit our audience potential because they don't want to hear like you know people trying things and fucking up. Certain people do. Other people just kind of want, you know, lay your thing on me. I want to hear it right, you know, and I'll move on. You know, that's the people who, you know, listen to highly produced music and then they go out and hear bands that like drill the same parts every day. You know what I mean? So when you get it, you get your show and they've got everything worked out and everything. It's like a machine.
2: But you know what? Just to play devil's advocate, I'm not really a jazz musician, so I don't think the way he does. Right. Like, I'm not up there... My my purpose to up there isn't to improvise all the time. I improvise some of the time. I'm partly a jazz musician. Right. But I'm not a jazz the
1: musician. The lower half or the upper yeah. half? <laughs> uh, it doesn't
2: matter. But what I'm saying is that, you know, I've never called myself a jazz musician, and I and I'm not. Right. Because a very big part of me is a rock musician, and... That's the part where we are a machine. Mm. We do do things that are exactly the same every night because I want there to be a a really quality product that comes out and I want it to be the same for every single audience. Yeah. You know, doesn't have to be exactly the same, but it has to be enough the same where it really works. So I don't want to go up in front of an audience and say I'm trying a bunch of new shit tonight, so excuse me, the whole thing's going to sound all fucked up. Right. You know? Because there's part of me that won't let that happen. Yeah. And maybe that's the non-jazz part of me that won't let that happen. (laughs) Yeah. Because my, my compositions are equally as important to me... As my ability as a jazz improviser yeah a- and and speaking of wayne shorter i've seen his band live a hundred times, and i've saw them play the same exact music the same exact way, note for note every single night, right and the only thing that was the slightest bit different was that wayne's little solos were different in his little. You know, when he had, took a little 16-bar solo, it was different than the night before, yeah. but the music was exactly right. the same. The because the song. he's a composer. Yeah. He's a composer. Yeah. He's, not, he's not, at <clears throat> that moment or in that particular show or part of his show, he was not a jazz musician. He was a classical music composer, just mm-hmm. like as if Bach was playing every night. Yeah. Every fucking piece of that music Actually, was the Bach same every improvised night. Actually, you Bach know? Well, it's, Bach did, too, but everybody improvises, but you know what I'm trying to say. There's I know, part I know. Of yeah, yeah, we, all play, we all play the heads
1: yeah. of tunes, but, you know, yeah. I've heard Wayne a lot, too, and I've heard him Night after night. I've heard him change things and play different things, and definitely the band plays different things behind the hills.
2: I'd say his current band does more than the band that I saw. Yeah, yeah. That the, current the, band yeah. does
1: a lot. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'm just saying we all play, you know, have arrangements and you play tunes and, and then you mess with them when you feel like it. Yeah. You know, and the band stays yeah. on top. But the idea is that it's open to that. Right. It's, that, not, it's always open to that.
2: Yeah. Because, and, like, my you know. tunes might have some things that just because of the voicing, yeah. if I change the voicing, it's going to fuck up the tune. The tune is about the voicing. Right. You know? Well, so you spend time
0: writing it that way. Yeah,
2: you write yeah. it that way because it's a guitar trio. So if you change the voicing, you completely obliterate the tune. Yeah. Certain bass notes have to be there. Otherwise, the validity of the, com- uh, uh, the, the uh, composition is lost. But on the other hand, there's plenty of sections that are open that okay, now we played the head, now we've got through some of the meat of this composition. Now it's time to improvise and then you can do anything you want. yeah and and then all of a sudden, you know, at least in my case on this last tour, I felt like, oh finally I'm free. I can be tired and still play well, you know, even though I just fucked the last <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Even though I just completely ruined the composition, you know, at least now. I can play and I'm comfortable and and you know I can have a good time improvising because I don't have to think. Hmm. But yeah. man, those moments where you're so tired and you have to try to produce something the right way because it's not just about just getting the notes right, it's about getting the right tone and you know how you know how sometimes when you 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 Pluck a chord with all your fingers, and one note sticks out more than the others. And you know it's very hard to, um, you know, Bill Frisell fixes that with a compressor. Hmm. And I've sometimes thought of, do, do I really need a compressor? Because a lot of my tunes are played with the fingers, and the top, all the the notes really do need to be the same volume, just like a piano player. would yeah. you know, and. If I'm not really on it, if I'm not really having a good night, often notes that need to come out aren't heard, or notes in the middle of the chord come out louder than the melody note of the chord, and it's just, you know, it's just one of those nights where my right hand just wasn't having a good night. And on a good night, you can really hear everything clearly, and right. it's Right, and it's, it and it's easy yeah. to do, right? It's easy to yeah. do, yeah. But you just have some of those nights where maybe you're just tired, and you just are... I feel like when I've when I'm tired, I get what is that called? Um, ham fisted. That's what happens to me when I get Tired. I knew you were right. like that one. Yeah, that. yeah. You know, there's that word <laughs> it's just where you? your fingers, where your hands just won't do what you tell them to do. Right? You know Is she a I French horn player? <laughs> <laughs> but you know that feeling where your hands just, yeah. they just feel like they're a foreign part of yeah. your body. Like you just <laughs> like can't get them to fucking do what you want, you know? And that happens to me the most when I'm tired. Like When I'm just totally burnt and try to play guitar, I'm just like, okay, I told my finger to do this, but
1: it didn't do it. It's what we call a mutiny. It's a mutiny, a finger mutiny. You guys have those moments,
0: I know, I, I've always, on, on tour you'd have these moments where, because you're traveling a lot and your guitars are always moving and changing, but you might have a part up the fretboard, and you're playing the part, and you know it's just one string. is just a little bit <laughs> out of tune. And it's like, you have to play that part, but it's almost painful to your ears. Yeah. That's always so frustrating. Also, I gotta do a
2: rant. Oh, I'm
1: gonna do a rant.
2: rant. We yeah. haven't had a
1: rant for a while. Rant. Well, I, I, think, I think my comment was ready to go there. It should should wait till your rant is what, over. What, what comment was it? Well, I was just, you know, I mean, in terms of what you guys are going through, like, I'm I got these projects now. You know, I got my regular things that I do, but then I've got the red guitar and I've got Junkyard Duo, and now I'm playing that resonator guitar. Mm-hmm. That fucking guitar is so hard to play. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's a monster. It's but it's so worth it because it's got the sound, you right. know. And yet, like tonight, I did a gig, and I, I hadn't played the thing since uh, since we recorded about a week and a half ago, right? You know, I'd just been playing the other guitar, which is so much easier to play. And I picked it up, and I'll tell you, the first, like, 20, 10 minutes of that show, I was just, I felt like, you know, I was being, you know gang raped or something, you know, by yeah. six strings. They were just like, they're not wanting to do anything I want them to do. And, yeah. you know, he so says, you, you know, where have you been for a week, you know? Oh, yeah. And I realized that if, you know, maybe, you know, and a lot of it's an age thing. I think the older I get, the more, more I lose that kind of flexibility and strength. So I realized that I'm going to, if, because I've always been a monogamous guy, I've, no, really. I've always had one guitar, and I use it for everything I do. Right. And so every time I pick up the instrument, the touch is always the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? The and now you're being a bit of a whore. You're now playing I'm being both sides. kind of playing the field. You know, and <laughs> and because of it, uh, these are chops that like maybe a guy who's a studio guy who picks up a flat-top steel string and does this, then picks up a Strat with skinny strings and picks up an arch-top and yeah. picks up a balalaika or something. You know what I mean? And it got the touchdown on all of them. I just... That's not a part of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the same time, hey, I got a response. I'm playing for these people. I'm going to go down with the shit, man. <laughs> that that fucking guitar is going to know I wrote really, it. If I get bucked off, okay, I'm going to get bucked off, but it's going to know that somebody was riding
0: and I know guys that seriously set up their guitars to make them completely horrible to play just because it just it's so hard and it just keeps them on their toes you know? or they
2: set them up because the, they sound better when the action's higher. yeah yeah the, when the action's better.
1: high it's super tense yeah. it's got better. this big ass neck which also yeah. makes the sound better yeah. yep. you know and and so I mean I'm just saying that you know but it puts me in a position, okay, that's not going to work right now, so find something better to play that will, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's, there, there is an element of that. Like, I mean, I'll sit down and play the drums, I'm not the best drummer but I can play, and you know, like, ooh, this ain't going to work, well this will, you know what I mean? And, and that sort of editing while playing is highly fun and creative and it's fraught with its own problems. But now I can't wait to hear the rant. Yeah,
2: hey, I want to hear the rant. Oh, no, I was just going to say... Um, um, I had the same problem with playing that telly on Vibe Station. Because it's got so much more tension than a Strat. Right. And it almost tore my hands up. And I thought, when I borrowed Bruce's guitar, I thought, oh, this is going to be so hard to play. And that guitar was so much easier to play than the telly. The telly just tore me up, man. I thought I was going to have to have hand which, surgery. Which Tele is it? It's a Sir Telly, but it's oh, just okay. the nature of a telly. Yep. It's just, the strings are really hard to bend, and it just feels stiffer and yeah. it's really hard to bend strings on it yeah. i thought my hands were going to fall off after playing that thing for you, a tune, you, you, you know? use
0: 10 to 46 normally
2: yeah yeah, yeah. and they yeah. had tens and yeah. it was
0: just it's just it's w- funny that difficult. i picked up a—I picked up the guy from um saturday night live jared's git strat and i was playing and it i was like god this these nines feel amazing and they were tens they yeah. felt like noise. Strats are like pretty
2: easy instruments to play. Yeah, you Are used
1: to playing the telly? Well, I guess
0: so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, tellies are harder, man. Tell yeah. that telly tore my hands up. It really did. I got I weak like, hands. I need to Well, I must have weak hands too, but I'm used to playing a sissy strat. <laughs> I'm a sissy playing a strat. <laughs> Bruce is making the wanking
0: <laughs> suggestion.
2: I noticed when yeah. I play the Les Paul, it just feels like a
0: shred guitar, which is great, but not that I can mm. shred, but anyway. Mm. So, so I uh, want
1: to hear this rant.
2: Oh, that was it. Oh, well, no, no. My my rant oh. was just about touring, one of the hardest things that I that I am finding out. And I've always known this, but this is a particular tour.
1: Groupies are this hard. This was a
2: particular problem. You. Right. is sound men. I'm almost <laughs> to the point where I'm almost seriously to the point where I'm not making much money by doing what I do, but I'm ready to just give all the money away and hire a good... Because we used to have a guy, his name is Gabriel, and he was touring with us about three or four years ago until the economy really went south in Europe, and then we couldn't afford him anymore. But now, I'm, I'm almost ready to just say, I don't care if I make a dime on this tour, I want him back. Right. Because we ran into such idiots on the road that a lot of... I'd have to honestly blame some of my really poor nights and bad playing on them mm-hmm. because they made it impossible for me to play right like they turned the volume up we told we would tell them at soundcheck this isn't heavy metal we don't want the concert to be <laughs> loud they'd agree they'd say sure we under- i i get it you know and then at night i would get reports from my friends in the audience that he did oh exactly no. the opposite of what i asked you, you know fucking hate that and 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 this is not just one time. This is many times. Yeah, Yeah. and then got reports from you know. I always have friends in the audience, so they and they always tell me what the sound was like. Yeah, and often, in fact, more than often, I'd say ninety percent. It's exactly what I perceive it to be from the stage. It's like, I perceive that there's a problem in the audience, and lo and behold, at the end of the gig, I found out ex- it sounded exactly what I thought it was sounding right. like out there. You can almost read it on their faces, right? Yeah. I saw people with their fingers in their oh. ears. I saw, I saw people struggling to hear what I play, yep. you know, like trying to come get close to me because they couldn't hear me in the PA, um, uh, because it's all just bass drum and bass frequency and, you know, heavy metal, yep. you know. uh which is funny, because if you've ever been to a heavy metal concert, the guitars are always the very softest thing yeah. on the stage. It's all bass and drums. Yeah. And the guitars are just, like, kind of squeaking and pining away in the background. <laughs> j- yeah, j- j- a little buzzy <coughs> fucking sound in yeah. the background. And it's just all bass and drums. That's what metal concerts sound like. So, you know, we get these guys that just have no fucking clue of what music is supposed to sound like. And then... Um... um just coincidentally I, I i did play really well in moscow and stockholm mm-hmm. and those are the two gigs where we had really great, great sound well it's just it's common sense that if you're hearing
0: something that's unpleasant to your ears yeah you don't want to keep making that noise no you don't and it always blows me away when players can just play imagine how that.
1: hard my life has been <laughs> Well, you know, the, the sound man, the sound man's is the important person,
2: the, the most important person in the group, and he's not even in our group. Yeah. That's fucked up. So, so I've heard stories that even bands like the Yellow Jackets are out there traveling with no, without their own wow. sound man. That's how bad the economy is, and they probably make more money than we do because they're more commercial and they're yeah. whatever, and they're more well-known amongst the wine and cheese crowd. Yeah. But even they don't travel with their own sound man. Yeah. We so, didn't we didn't so, with Wilson Phillips and they so, had Yeah, you're at the mercy Wilson of these Phillips. fucking morons. Yeah. And especially
0: yeah. like and even so with a band like Wilson Phillips who we like a girl vocal group oh, with Vocals a... was, and harmonies are like the I don't know how many times the girls would stop mid song and go you guys can't hear us can you? And the audience would be like no and the girls
2: would just scream at the yeah. sound man. And but then, it's just like and Seriously, that doesn't dude. help.
1: Screaming at the sound man doesn't usually make it. And, no. it's, <laughs> not, and it's,
2: not just, it's not just the stage part of it. It's the sound check part of it. The sound check t- takes twice as, long twice as long as it normally would. Because you have to go out there and teach the guy what to do. Like teach him, you know. I dragged this one asshole. I can't even remember w- where it was. But I dragged his ass up on the stage. And I had the bass player and drummer play, and I said, listen to what this sounds like. And I made him stand there for, like, guys, play some funk, guys, play jazz, play this, play that. And I made him stand there and listen to him, and I said, now go out to the board and make it sound just like that. Right. In the house. In the house. He was so pissed off. Then, then I got a, I got a another sound man. The guy in, in Gothenburg. This guy's a fucking ass white man. I'd <laughs> love to kick this motherfucker's ass. You know, and, and uh,
1: we had harsh words. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. But a friend of mine came yeah, up he to said, him and he told said, him,
1: "Fuck you." Yeah. Strong letter to follow. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> so, so my friend came up and said to him, you know, like. You're aware that you, know, you can't hear anything that Scott's playing. It's just all bass and, right. and drums. I hear the bass and the bass drum. You've got way too much low frequency in the PA. You can't hear anything but low frequencies from the bass guitar and the bass drum. Yep. right? Like you can't even hear the kit. All you can hear is the bass drum, right? Yeah. And the guy got really, really angry, and he walked off from, he walked. Uh. Away. <laughs> he walked away from the board because right. my friend told him. He right. walked away. He from couldn't the water. It. He couldn't handle it. Usually, they turn
1: everything up yeah. so it starts feeding back, and then they walk away.
0: Sound, no. sound men are like no. that. They're so so oversensitive when you try and tell them what the fuck. Especially they're doing.
2: the untalented ones. Yeah,
0: but you know yeah. what? You know straight away when you walk on stage and a sound guy knows what he's fucking doing because he's just running the show. He's telling you what to do. Bang bang, let's do it, and everything's just happening easy. And you're like, this guy knows his shit. We had a guy. I remember we're. In, I don't know where we were. But he had an iPad, and he was controlling the mixer, right? Mm-hmm. So he would walk up to us and go, yeah. all right. Band would play, and he go, what do you want? And he'd be doing all the dials on the iPad. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this is fucking great. This is going to be awesome. Took him twice as long, and it sounded like complete ass. Mm-hmm. Like it was a disaster show. Mm-hmm. It's just, these guys got no fucking uh, idea they, they're, I,
2: they're They're probably, of all the people in the world, I mean, if McDonald's hired somebody who just simply couldn't be taught how to make a hamburger, he would be fired. Yeah. Yet, when clubs hire a sound man that know nothing about music and nothing about quality of sound, they manage to keep their jobs forever. <laughs> well, they just become massive assholes. Oh, I don't understand that. You know, so, so, and because there's no quality control on these guys. Yeah. They just keep their job because they know how to turn the knobs oh. and they know what the knobs mean. Yep. And that's their only qualification to do their job. Yeah. you know so it's it's really depressing when we bust our asses to go out on the road and leave everything in LA and we go out on the road to try to play music for people and it's completely blown <laughs> apart by one fucking asshole yeah you know it's it's like it really almost makes me just not want to tour but anymore. did you or, did you notice or, certain places like I noticed we when we toured Canada
0: They were impeccable. They were just so on top of their shit. Everything was professional. They were amazing. We go to Jersey, and we got the fucking mafia running our sound. (laughs) And they gave you that attitude, like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? You know, this whole show, and it was just horrible. But you go to different parts of the world. I I,
2: I didn't notice as much of an attitude as just a lack of skill set. Well, Russia. We had nightmares in Russia. I didn't... Well, you know... One of the gigs that, that I played in Moscow, the sound man, I know the guy because he's mixed me the last three times I've been to Russia. Hey, what's his and name? His name's Alex, and he's a really Alex, blunt-headed? No, he's a, a oh. dark hair. There's a girl. lot of Alex. <laughs> from he's a super nice cat. I know Alex from Russia. No, he's a super nice cat. Alexander he's really, the great. really good at his Alexander job. the Great, Alexander
1: on. the good, yeah. and Alexander the not so right. good. Alexander <laughs> right. really right. sucks. Right. Yeah. We had an
2: Alex on tour. Yeah. But Russia he's good. Shit. I mean, right. this guy's great. He knows his shit. Knows his shit. He yep. knows and wh- and I get reports from people in the audience that go, "God damn, the the concert sounded like a CD. Sounded great. You know, pleasing." And then, I, and I'm just going, wow, why can't everybody be everybody like this, like guy? this yeah. you know, la- the other night, uh we went to see Jersey Boys. Oh really? The, uh, yeah. uh, uh, what's the name of that theater? amethyst Amiston Theater. Amiston? You know oh, Amundsen. Yeah, Amundsen yeah, yeah, yeah. Theater. Yeah. You know? Worst sounding show I've ever heard in my mm. life. And now I've just wow. come from, I've just come from Broadway where I saw Hamilton, Book of Mormon, Anastasia, and <coughs> Cats. Cats, because my daughter wanted to see it, not right. me. But every one of those shows sounded gorgeous. Ridiculous, right? Ridiculous. Like yeah. the best sound ever, yeah. right? And then I, here I am in my hometown in L.A., and I go to a theater that I've been to before, so I know it's not the theater because I've heard brilliant shows there. And this fucking asshole, whoever's running the sound... That was the worst sounding show I've ever oh, heard. Oh, man. Nothing but mid-range from it the stage. It just kills the show. Um, uh, I had to actually plug my ears because just when they started singing, the, 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 the voices sounded so mid-rangey and terrible yeah. that it was just like hard to listen to. I had to actually plug my ears up.
1: Wow, and I heard
2: other people complaining about it too. And now this is seventy five bucks a ticket at a really great theater in downtown LA. You would think that they would hire somebody who knows what they're doing. You got to have that shit down. Yeah, I saw I saw Brad Paisley at
0: the, the Hollywood Bowl a few years back, and you would think Brad Paisley, monster guitarist, he's the main guy. If anything, the guitar is going to be too loud. You couldn't hear him. He would take solo, and you can't hear the main yeah. guy. I was just. It
2: was the worst. It was like,
0: oh man, he's doing all this stuff and he can't hear shit.
2: Here he is. He came
0: on the road and you
2: can't even hear him. Yeah. He's out there playing in front of all these people <laughs> He's and they the guy. to hear him play. <laughs> he's the guy. He's why we're here. So we I can't went to Catalina's <laughs> to hear Phil Woods. Right. Right? And uh, of course, you know, Phil Woods plays with, pretty much doesn't like being in the PA, but they have to use it somewhat. Otherwise, he would just drown the band out because he plays so loud. Right? But... Not one note of the piano did I ever hear the whole night. And they had a sound man. And the sound man (laughs) was just sitting there behind the board. And I went up to him and said, you do realize that the piano is completely wiped out. I can't hear a note he's playing. He said, well, this is as loud as I can get it. Wow. I went, okay. Well,
1: in, in the sound man's defense with Phil Wood's, Phil Woods refuses to allow sound men to... He wants it all acoustic, all totally But no, acoustic. there was a mic on know, the piano. I know, I know. But he tells them, like, if if they set it one place, they can't touch it or he'll go.
2: Well, it was, I mean,
1: so in, in the case of stupid, this...
2: Whatever it was. Right. In the case
1: of this... Well, but, you know, I mean, frankly, maybe Catalina's... You know, it would almost work if everybody's really quiet and listens. Yeah, but you he's know. not. You know, well, Phil Phil played, Phil's isn't. got a huge sound, you know, but I mean, the bass has a little lamp. I mean, they've always, I mean, I've heard them in Yoshi's mm-hmm. thousands of times, not lots of times up north and Keystone Corner. They were always like, no, we play acoustic, you know, unless it's outside or something. Well, it's right. cool to say that, but if you
2: can't hear one of the instruments in the band, that's not good. <laughs> I agree, I agree, I agree.
1: And Catalina is, is pretty cavernous. Uh. All right, yeah. we're,
0: g- we're going to move yeah, on from right. this discussion because
1: okay. we have ranted so, on so the, yeah, the sound me, man a lot.
2: Fuck sound man, fuck and, man. and if yep, you're sure. a sound man, try to try to actually know what you're doing, because <laughs> that would be really be, make a lot That'd of be us great. musicians That'd happy. Be great. It would be nice to have the extra money to have a good one with you. you well, time. you know what? I'm actually thinking about yeah. it. And, and there are times
1: just, where, the, you know, where the, the sound is so great that it's so easy to play. Yeah, the,
2: the good sound men are amazing. They're but like I mean, luckily
1: for me, I play in small places because I'm not popular. So, <laughs> so so I don't
2: need a sound man. Well, you know, you're lucky because, because if you're playing in a... In a well, the thing is, even even when you're playing in a really small club, if you don't have any kind of PA, instruments are very directional, like a a Marshall cabinet or any kind of guitar cabinet is very directional. It points out the the people in front of it can hear it, but the people on the side, they can't hear it at all. Mm. So you've gotta have some PA there, just even in the smallest club, you've gotta have a PA so that it spreads the sound out equally. And so it's not just these big places that I'm talking about, it's even small clubs, where if you have a terrible sound man, yeah, it ruins the gig. Yeah. Even in a place like Baked Potato. Yeah, and and uh, it's just sad because the musicians work so hard, and one clueless idiot ruins the whole thing for yeah. not for the band, just the band, but for the audience. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really the, sad across man. the board. Um,
0: Bruce, that topic, that article that you sent me about. The Dying of Electric Guitar, was it? Oh, I read that. It wasn't just
1: electric guitar, right? It was guitar in general.
0: Guitar in general, yeah. So, what was, you guys. What, what
1: here, I could pull it up here. <coughs> got we're talking it. I was, didn't really think much of it. What, you I mean, well, you know, it, it, was, it brought up a lot of interesting. I mean, there you can't argue with the numbers, obviously. No. The numbers are the numbers. But now- I think it's
2: good. There should be less guitar players. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> so,
2: so I'm, I'm totally he's, good with it. He's got a point there. He's oh, got oh, good with I, it. I, you know, I, Fine again. with it. Let less people play guitar. I, that's a good thing. <laughs> Oh. There's not especially there's so many fucking wankers out there just wanking on it <laughs> fuck less of those guys the world would be a better place
0: <laughs> that was a that was a new uh take on that whole article i didn't even think of going there and i think that's actually kind of <laughs> that's good that was one of the things when no
1: I was... the slow death of the electric guitar slow
0: death. when i was at mi that's the one thing i thought i was like fuck i wish i played another instrument because there was so many guitar <laughs> yeah, players there right the slow yes. death of electric guitar, okay? and ba-
1: basically, it's just saying that that. Um so many less are being sold now. Yep. And again, this will be a great topic for my friend who who's the VP at Fender. Boy, is he going to
2: get some shit from me.
1: Good, good. <laughs> whatever, whatever. I
2: can't believe you really want this guy on the show because I'm going to nail
1: his ass to the well, wall. Well, the guy runs a company selling guitars to lots of different people. He really loves the instrument and he cares about the brand. And, you know, you can say what you want. I'm going <laughs> to give will. a shit. I don't give a shit. Oh, but going, but, but basically, shit okay. <laughs> basically, the the big guitar sales have plummeted from one and a half million sold annually to just over a million. And um, okay, it's a lot. And yeah, and basically, why that's happening, and and you know they're talking about various demographic factors. The thing uh, is because cultural they're not factors. making any
2: decent guitars.
1: No, <laughs> look, basically. That most the, might have something to do with no, it. No, most of the people buying guitars don't even know a good guitar right, they don't from know, a bad one. Right, so course. that's kind of a completely right. crazy statement. But I'd still like it, to it, think of it. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'd like to think that you know, and frankly,
1: <laughs> you know, a lot of people love their guitars. So mm-hmm. I mean but you know, less people are buying them. The ones that are buying them are playing them for shorter periods of time. Right. These are things that they know because they're in the business. They're not trying to sell to just a few of us that have already a thousand guitars anyways and are really good players. They're not worried about it. This is us. coming from the we're money not side like, of We're the not like we're not they're not even thinking about there there are companies that yeah. actually have like hundreds of people on the payroll. Yeah. And they need cash flow yeah. to keep the business afloat. Yeah. I mean how many great guitar players are there that are going to buy stuff they get their shit for free most of the time yeah. anyways so so, this is, so this, is, this is this is talking about something else yeah and so- obviously the collectors the baby boomers are getting older and they're probably downsizing their collection not, uh, not, not buying more I
3: would say at so, this yeah. time
1: now that's a huge effect on them yeah. uh, the, the, the new culture of people I mean, there aren't a whole lot of guitar heroes inspiring kids to play yeah a lot of the kinds of new music doesn't really feature the guitar the way it had been over the years yeah, think so of these are the things that article talks about and they're interesting and they're worth talking about and being a guy who's who loves the brand who prob i know this guy personally I mean, I'll let him tell his story but he's been playing Stratocasters f- for. 40 years, right. and loves them, and still has the one he's had since like 1970-something. Yeah, but... No, wait a, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> You're saying weird stuff. Well, no, no, he's... he. I don't know when, what the vintage of the Strat he has, but he uh-huh. has the same one he has <laughs> had for a long time uh-huh. me, in his office. He showed it to me. Right. He loves Fender guitars. He but lo- does he love he, the current... Shitty Fender guitars? Well, you know, there's a lot of different Fender guitars being made. I In mean, the they're, custom they're making, shop, they, they make, make good ones. They're, and they're making Squires for kids who just want to start yeah, playing. It's, it's and they're making different. Mexican ones for people who don't want to spend a lot of money. I mean, he's got literally the whole world of guitar buyers to provide guitars for. And he's got price points with which he has to do it. And hes I'm sure, knowing him... He's trying to provide the best he can for what he can afford to make it for. Yeah, you know, and and it's a know, business he, the end of this is yeah. Well, that's that's see, we're talking about a whole different. Well, this thing. is, but, a, but this is exactly a massive the, company. But wait yeah. a minute here—that's what yeah. this article's about, yeah. you yeah. know. And yeah. I mean, if we're going to have that conversation, let's have that conversation. This guy, but you know what? I don't just don't care about it. So we have to talk about it because I don't give a fuck about. Well, it. Well,
2: I'm cu- I'm curious about this this
0: article okay, as I in as in like.
1: I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. It's, I think it affects all of us because the more people into guitar, and we're obviously we're losing a lot of our listeners because they're getting old and dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the average age in one of my gigs is recently mm. deceased.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, just think about it. If you guys go back to when you guys were starting guitar and coming up all through those years, the guitar heroes that you guys grew up with, I mean... I'm just, I mean, besides the jazz world, but just look at the rock heroes we had, like Plant and Hendrix and all these, mm. Clapton, all these people making it awesome looking and amazing to be a rock guitarist. And then there was another
1: wave with Eddie Van Halen and Eddie after Van Halen, that, all those guys. The next generation. Who do we
0: have now? Who is on the guitar now that's reaching, besides Taylor Swift?
1: Actually, that this article does talk about that. That Taylor Swift is like the most influential guitarist right now. Isn't that now, crazy? And that's why right now... Acoustic and she's g- just a strummer. Okay, I but mean, acoustic mm-hmm. guitars are outselling electric guitars for the first mm-hmm. time in like... You and know, 30 years. Unless you... And that's what it says in this yeah. article. This guy doesn't have a... He doesn't care. Yeah. This guy... I wonder if he's even... He probably is a guitar player because he wrote the article. But he's just basically interviewing people and trying to put it all together to figure out why something's happening. Guitar Center is going out of... You know, is not going out of business, but they're in deep receivership and heavy debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweetwater's doing poorly. And, you know, yeah, you could say, well, Amazon and eBay and Reverb.com are hurting them. And they probably is. Oh, and sure. That, and, and he even mentions that, but you know, ultimately, less things are being sold, less people are buying them, and that's a fact that doesn't look good when you're in the business of that. Yeah, and it, it also affects us who play because less interest in it does affect those of us who really, you know, as much as I like to think it's about my music, and I like to think it's about my personality and my presentation of what I'm putting on the stage for people. A big part of it is the guitar playing. Yeah. And if people don't give a shit, that does affect my
2: business. I don't, I don't think that those... That, that, I just don't think you can look at it that way. That's my opinion. What do you mean? As because in? I think that the people who do give a shit will influence other people to give a shit too. And, and it will always come down the line and there will always be people that give a shit. And the only people that you guys are talking about in this conversation, in that article, are the people that are just Sort of like newbies into the music world. It's like oh, like the sure. student that comes to MI who doesn't even know who Jimi Hendrix is yeah. or Jeff Beck is. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's like you can't, you can't make them someone they're not. They didn't have a dad or a brother to tell them to play them records and right. stuff like that. And there'll always be people like that. There'll be people like that just come up. They're born into the world. They don't have any friends that are musicians. They don't have parents that like music. There's no way for them to learn about music except through the television and the radio. And you know what they're going to hear on there. They're certainly not going to hear John Schofield or B.B. King. So so what I'm saying is that even though there's less and less guitar sales, I don't think it's going to... Even affect the real
1: guitar world. Well, uh, I I believe it will. You know, maybe long after maybe we're a gone. long after we're but, gone. But but yeah. it but it, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a trend gone. that is has a, has multiple layer effects on our business. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, but not while
2: we're alive.
1: I know. I believe it. It's yeah. it, we're feeling it now. Is what I believe. Oh, I don't see. I don't get and, that and, many and, I mean, teenagers my. Like the that economy in of anyway. your tours. The economy of your tours is tough. Now, granted, well, there's. Well. Granted, I'm not saying there's not a bunch of other pressures involved. You know, like airline ticket prices and cost of hotels and all this other stuff, but um, you know, and and you're right. It 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 does come down to a word of mouth thing, usually. No, yes. no, hey, look, uh, the music I played wasn't even popular when I started playing. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like <laughs> right. I'm like a good example of sure, what he's word, talking word about. Word of
2: mouth is, is always been the prime deliverer of of our kind of, you know, eclectic stuff that we but play. But if, if you, you know.
1: if you start to see a trend of where word of mouth is converting 50 this year and it used to convert 500, five, ten years ago, yeah. then yeah. you know you've got a trend. Yeah. And I mean, that's what this guy is talking about. I think it's right. extremely it's a valuable. Trend. And of course, uh, Scott in particular, but myself, we're, we're fortunate. We've established ourselves. We got a solid following. We'll always build more because the friends of our following and the more that we work. But um, in terms of just the general overall community and how difficult it is to sustain it, there's go- this this trend, is pressure on it. Well It's not going to put it to death, you know. And, and, and who knows? We don't know. Tomorrow, today, there could be a guitar hero, on that, YouTube that's going to blow the world apart. And like Fender Strats are going to like go off the shelves again, like they did in the sixties well, and seventies. Also, you
0: know? I I don't think that will happen. The main reason I think it, it's everything's changed, and also. I think if we go back then, it was more about the rock guitar hero. And I think the rock guitar hero has kind of disappeared a little bit. There's more guitar heroes in country music nowadays with people like Brad Paisley and Keith Urban who are tearing it up and doing their thing. There's more guys like that that are keeping it very current in that world. But if you look at the mainstream rock stuff, there's not...
1: I'm trying to think of guitar Well, hip-hop has pretty much usurped a lot of that yeah and, yeah, and a lot
2: of... You know, there's been a lot of uh, copycat syndrome, you know? Yeah. Like, like when you have one guy that comes out... Like, just, I'm, I'm just not going to mention one guy, just like, say, for example, Eddie Van Halen. Because there are t- a lot of them. But when you get somebody like Eddie Van Halen and then you get about five million people copying him, yeah. the whole kind of newness of the thing sort of dissipates. dissipates and, yeah. and then it's like, okay... We've heard that, I mean, there's not anybody going to p- surprise anybody else with how fast they can play because th- guitar has been played about as fast as it possibly can be played. Yeah. So it's going to have to be something else mm. that, that turns people on their heads, and what else is there? All of a sudden somebody's going to come along that phrase is so good that I, that's unlikely to happen. Uh, there's somebody that's going to come on with some kind of new machine robot guitar that plays itself from your brain, that's more likely to happen than it be some kind of ultra-crazy scientific fucking science fiction shit. Yeah. You know, because that's almost all that's left. Hmm. Because just about everything that's been done on the guitar has been done. Well, are you You also getting to
0: the the circus... I feel like circus tricks, you watch some guitarists and and they play it completely different and unconventionally and all that kind of stuff but it almost it's almost like a, a circus circus trick.
2: thing you see it once yeah. and you go yeah okay I'll look okay, at that again okay that's amazing next he's year.
0: playing it with his yeah. little toe and his pinky or yeah. whatever and he yeah. he sounds amazing but do I want to go see a whole concert yeah. of just that
2: and well, then it becomes the, about the music th- right? the thing is on the other hand on that flip side of the coin the real music lovers in the world the ones that really care and that keep tabs on like these upcoming guys you know, I mean, those people actually go out and support those people and buy their records. And when they make a record, they buy them and yeah. stuff. And and even young people, I mean, I can't believe it's the age of some of the kids that have bought my last record. I'm like, I got people writing to me and said, I'm 15 years old and I just bought your record and I'm really <coughs> digging it. That's and awesome. I'm like, wow, 15 years old. It's, there's a 15-year-old kid, lots of them, yep. that, that, are, that are buying my <coughs> records. And when I did that fusion class, like, you know, that was really cool that my daughter's private school has a jazz fusion class, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing, you know, and they're playing like Billy Cobham songs and songs by this amazing saxophone player and I went there and they all knew me, and I was like, you guys know me? And yeah. they go, yeah, man, you played with Chick you played with Joe Zawinol, they know me, and that's like these kids, right? So, I'm like, pretty hopeful that, that with the real music lovers and the people that are really playing music, they're going to continue to enjoy jazz and enjoy like more progressive kinds of music and blues and the same kind of stuff we yeah. go. And it's going to continue, that lineage is going to continue down the line. And the business thing that, that the the it's iPhone radical. is talking about... Isn't going to really mean much. That's yeah. what I think. Right. That's a okay, pickle. Cool. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's what I hope. I'm optimistic. <clears throat> call me an optimist. <laughs> no, you know no, I'm not going to call you that
1: because you're an asshole. It's usually but I mean, in this case, you were kind of optimistic at the end.
2: <laughs> no, I, was, yeah.
1: I was too optimistic. You kind of at the end, you were. No, I mean, it's great. But well, uh, I think, but, once, you know, I mean, ultimately. Am I being too optimistic? Uh, no, uh, no, you're going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. The world will be fine, but, <laughs> but, but you know, I think
2: the world will be fine without but another that, 500 guitar but, players. But ultimately,
1: ultimately, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the adoption of the music, the, the transition of the music, it's all going to happen, and societal pressures and economic pressures play a big part of it. And you know, of course, you and I, we don't care. We're not selling guitars. Why do we care that, you know, one third, you know, I mean, 60% of what used to sell is selling now. Mm-hmm. Why would we care? And this you is know. only
0: coming from.
1: These are numbers that, that exist. I mean, that, that oh, are I,
0: I wonder. Is that, I mean, would that include people like John Sir and
2: stuff like that? Well, I guess so. Oh, He's sure. a guitar maker. Okay.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: All right, I thought the other article was hilarious. But, on the other hand, John right. is an expensive guitar maker, and right. most of his clients they're not are newbies. Yeah. wankers and newbies. They're yeah. like pro
1: guys pro who guys. want a really
2: quality instrument. Or they're so, collectors. You know, or collectors, And, and I yeah. would
1: I would bet if we had him on the sink, he'd tell us that, you know, God, it's not as good as it once was. Probably, sure. Well, And, yeah, and why that's, why that's all. And, you know, he I mean, makes mean and, and he makes and great amps. And that's kind yeah. of, for a guy like him... Yeah. Yeah who's got people on his payroll that I'm sure he cares... I mean, he's a mm-hmm. great man. I'm sure he really yeah. cares deeply about sure. his employees. Yeah, sure, and for the, you know, He's got to be, every now and then, kept up at night yeah. mm-hmm. over looking at his sales numbers and going, shit, well, I could raise the price. Maybe that'll work. Or maybe I can right. figure out a way to make the shit a little cheaper but keep the quality up as best I can. You know what I mean? I'm sure he has this stuff. These are things that I would love to have had him here on that conversation. Yeah. Well, Because that, these the, are things that they have to deal with. We yeah. don't. You but and But that's I'm, the problem that
2: every businessman has to go through, even no matter what you're selling. If you're selling shoes or tennis rackets even or Even if you're a hookah,
1: damn it. Even if you're a hooker.
2: You're, you're a hookah? <laughs> if you're I, a hookah?
1: If you're a hookah, everything's smoking. If you're a hookah.
2: All right. If you're a prostitute. That one in Alice in Wonderland is a pretty good hookah. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey,
0: tell me about the article <laughs> at the people at the Radiohead concert. You know,
1: Radiohead. Do you believe that? I don't. I think do. That's I true. do believe that. Oh, you do well, believe? Yeah,
0: because I'm happened? a Radiohead fan. But what happened? They're at the Radiohead concert, right? And Radiohead have got where. I don't know where, where the concert. It was
1: in England. It was oh, in England, right? Okay. UK. So
0: they're at the concert, and Radiohead.
1: You know, they've got a little Liverpool. bit more
0: artsy-fartsy over the years, uh-huh. and that after their commercial success. Uh-huh. There was a song where people thought it was a three-minute song. They were tuning the guitars, and they actually thought it was a
1: song. Amazing. Isn't and they got a big ovation about it. Oh, you know, they got our they, well, yeah, they got a big ovation. About, but they were like up, got up on the thing. They were tuning their guitars, and probably the keyboard was playing some chords for them to tune to. And they're tuning. They did kind of. It probably sounded like atmospheric, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> the audience like, and then they got People it. People were stopped tweeting and about Everybody it. like. Man, this song was amazing. Is, but amazing. I don't believe That's it I really so don't believe it you I think it's a
2: great. Story. you know what really blew me away one time <laughs> I went and saw Los Lobos at Amoeba Records right? oh, okay, yeah. and I love that band yeah, yeah, they're, they're great badass. and and one thing I thought was really amazing is I've never yeah. seen a pro band and I'm doing the, 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 the quotation air quotes, air, quotes. Air, air quotes pro band do this <laughs> because everybody tries to be really professional where you play a song, you end it you do the silent tuning with the tuners and then Thank you, we're gonna play another song, right? So these guys, they're on stage, they're Los Lobos, they play a tune, they come out, and they just start playing and they sound great. And then after the first tune, they start just wanking. Like you know, gang, 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 and then you hear this other guy going, and they're just like wanking, just like you know, just tuning up, and the drummer's going, tuning up his drum a little bit, and I mean, it went on for a long time, and then okay, we're ready to play our next song. I just thought that was so funny, man. Like it was like a. So Garage Band, it was awesome, man. I've never, I've never seen a pro band do that before. It was, it was awesome, man. It was so good.
1: Famous story about uh, this one rock band was playing at Carnegie Hall, and the guitar player showed up like half hour early. Right, and he's on stage. He's tuning his guitar, you know, ding, 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 ding. He's got the strobe tuner, and he's kind of looking at the harmonics, bing, bing, you know, and he's kind of bing, bing. He's doing everything, and he plays a chord, prang. I not like it, you know, bing, bing. He's like, you know, go, ding, 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 ding he's like 30 minutes 25 minutes he's doing this shit finally he's okay he puts the guitar on the stand and he goes to walk off to the dressing room waiting for the other cats to come and the stage manager says to him says excuse me he says yeah he says couldn't help but notice but you were like up there on stage tuning your guitar for like the last 25-30 minutes and he goes yeah and he says well you know last week we had this guy in here who played a concert it was, uh, his name was uh, Segovia you know, he played he got up on the stage, he tuned up in about ten seconds and played the concert. The guy goes, Yeah. And so the stage manager goes, like, well what gives? And the guy says, Well, let's face it, some people just don't give a shit. <laughs> 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 That's
3: a good one. That's a good one. <laughs>
0: there we go folks for another show I hope you had enjoyed that one thank you Scott thank you Bruce thank you to all our sponsors I forgot Mr. Johnny Sir before John Sir Sir Guitar and Amps thank you so much Uh, we're a huge supporter of John and all that he does he's just a great bloke and I love uh, the products Uh, as if you don't know him check him out Uh, next week Dweezil Zapper that should be a lot of fun If you feel compelled, go to the website, guitarwank.com. Donate. Put your money where your mouth is. And if you don't want to do that, and that's totally fine, I get it. Um, Maybe share Guitar Wank with some people. Pass it around. We're trying to build the numbers up. Get the support going. Um, We would really appreciate that support. Keep the emails coming. We love hearing from you guys. If you have a problem... You have a query You want to share your support You want to share a question You want to just yell at us You want to call us a bunch of wankers Uh, Guitarwank at gmail.com Do it, we'd love to hear from you Maybe you don't listen to the show anymore Or this is the last episode you want to listen to Let us know why You're like, fuck you guys I don't want to listen to you guys anymore You're pissing me off Let us know, we'd love to hear from you guys if you're loving us, we'd love to hear that too. Uh, just, yeah, we, lo- we love the feedback. Well, I'm the only one that reads it. But I do pass it on to Scott and Bruce. Scott reads it too, I think. Bruce is just there. <laughs> anyway, uh, we love the support, so keep it up. Share it with your friends and um, go to the website, guitarwank.com. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those... Social media places that waste all their time. All right, guys. Until next week, Dweezil Zappa. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, if you've missed some of the shows, go back to iTunes or Stitcher. Listen to all the other shows. Go to the website, catch up, and uh, yeah, I'll, I can't wait to see you guys all next week. Be safe out there. Let's look after each other and keep guitar wanking. Later, guys.
3: <laughs>